0: Welcome to the Chick Foley Show.
1: Is up, Foley fan. We are back with another jam-packed episode of the Chick Foley show for you guys this week. Gonna be discussing all of the fallout from the Rocks uh kind of electrifying return to the WWE on Friday night and everything else that's happened over the uh the past seven days. But first, let me introduce the star of the show. Sheena, how you doing?
0: I'm I'm doing good. I feel like my head is kind of spinning with just everything that's going on in, in WWE. It feels like I mean we we just were on the show last week talking about the Rumble and like it that feels like a year ago <laughs> with all of the news and everything that's come out. So, um yeah, we're going to dive in and talk about it, but yeah, it's it's this has been a wild week in the world of wrestling.
1: Definitely, it's action-packed everything across WWE, NXT, and AEW. There's just a ton going on right now. Really fun time to be a wrestling fan. Uh before we step inside the squared circle, though, let us know what's new on the farm.
0: Um, so not a, not a whole lot. It's uh. you know, like I said, still kind of a down period, but it's garden planning. So about the same as last week. So nothing, nothing new going on. I, I'm tending to a, a an under the weather chicken, got a crop impaction I'm dealing with. So, you know.
1: Do you want to just take, Give us like the the Twitter explanation of what an impacted crop is on a chicken.
0: Yeah, so chickens don't have teeth; they have what's called a crop. It's basically like a little pocket in the in the front of their chest that actually helps to, you know, grind and digest the food and push it down into their into their stomachs. Well, sometimes if they eat too much or if that that muscle is not working correctly. The, the stuff can get stuck in there and, um, you know, cause a block and cause an impaction. So uh, you got to kind of work it out and really try to, you know, it's it's, it's a long process to, to fix it. But, you know, that's what we do here on the Penny Acre Backyard Farm.
1: Sheena is an absolute expert chicken tender. I will say that there's been uh, we, we've had some of our, our flock that, you know, they are quite pets but they're they're not just livestock to us also we definitely got you know some kindred spirit for some of them some of them probably are kind of pets but we, we love on all all of our chickens here because you know happy chickens lay the uh the tastiest eggs and there's been chickens I've seen literally knocking on death's door and that, you know, she helps them to kick out 2.99 and, uh, and make the whole Coke and come back and get back into action.
0: Yep. That's my specialty. I love, uh, and I get to do, you know, do all my uh, hippie dippy voodoo magic using herbs and, you know, all <laughs> spices. The, the spices and tinctures and herbal remedies potions. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mix up all my potions <laughs> for my chickens. So, uh, yeah, I'm writing my element.
1: Remind the listeners where they can find you on social media.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. You can join our Foley fam and all the fun we're having over on Facebook at ChickFoley.com. And uh, I definitely want to plug our Partners in Crime, our Pod Foundation brethren. We got the Extra Cooler Show coming down the aisle and the Turnbuckle Tavern. So make sure that you're following all of our friends over there. And uh, you'll have all the, the wrestling content that you need for the week.
1: Also, want to remind you guys: use code Chick Foley to save ten percent at Ringside Collectibles. We'll cover all the new stuff in stock over there when we get into the Figure Four. Uh, Sheena, you ready to talk some wrestling?
0: Oh yeah! There I go. Start my oh yes again.
1: <laughs> That's, that was her my on first her oh wor- yeah. her word cloud last week. Yeah, oh yeah, It was definitely right at the top <laughs> of it. Um, so we'll start with. What we just watched, you know, we ended up we were planning on uh, hitting the record button on this show about thirty minutes earlier. It's Wednesday night as we record, and we ended up getting hooked in and watching all the way through the end of AEW Dynamite, and staying at the ripe old age of sixty four just captured his twenty fifth championship in his career and uh, won the AEW Tag Team Championship with Darby Allen. Man, I I was sports entertained.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I was holding my breath like the whole time one because, um, you know, the Seth and Brett already have uh, tickets to go to Revolution to see Sting's last match, and I certainly didn't want Sting's last match to be uh, to end on AEW during a, a tag team, you know, an episode of Dynamite during a tag team match. <laughs> so, yeah, when he like leaped off the the freaking bleachers up there, the seat, like, I was just like, "What the hell is going on here?" I mean, it was impressive. The man is an absolute legend, but yeah, I was holding my breath the whole time.
1: Yeah, this final run that he's had in AEW has just been. Pretty much perfectly booked, exactly the way you'd want a, uh, a legend to go out for his last few years. It's been a lot of fun. And Sting's never not looked awesome since he's been there.
0: Yeah, it was feel good, too. His whole like his family was all there in the front row. And yeah, it just it was it was a good warm moment tonight.
1: So they got beat up by the young Bucks. <laughs> yeah. The corporate Bucks, Matthew yeah. and Nicholas. Uh, just quick prediction. You don't got a you don't got a fantasy book it. Just as of right now, uh, you pretty much penciled in main event of revolution is gonna be Sting and Darby defending those newly won tag team championships against the Bucks. What do you think? Sting go out on top, or is he uh, do the uh the time honored tradition, as Vince McMahon said after Survivor Series ninety seven and uh and go out on his back?
0: I think he's looking up at the lights at the end of the night, dude. I think he's gonna do do the right thing um, and uh, go out on his back, dude.
1: See, I think they're gonna buck their tradition, man. I Is think that a play on words? Yeah, no, no pun intended. <laughs> I uh, I think Sting's earned it. He's been undefeated this entire run in AW. I don't think the Bucks have anything to gain from it. It's Greensboro, WCW, NWA, country, Sting country. I don't think anybody wants to see him lose. I say have them beat the Bucks and. Dude, they can go out and forfeit, you know, forfeit the belts. And that'd be, I think it'd be a cool way to just hit the reset button on the tag division, right? It's Mm -hmm. almost like you're kind of closing it because it's not like Sting's going on, you know, it's not like he's just forfeiting them and throwing them in the trash. It's his last match. So, um, I think that'd be a cool way to kind of just close this chapter on the AW tag team scene. And we know Tony Khan loves a fucking tournament, dude. So <laughs> yeah. don't give don't give him an excuse to book a tournament. <laughs> yeah, man. you
0: don't have to twist that man's arm to yeah. set up a bracket, bro.
1: Yeah, but tag team tournaments are fun, especially. Give, give us a, like a 16 tag team tournament you can do over the course of like two months. So you got all your standard teams then give us some mashups. You know, look at how Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin have taken off in well, NXT. The wolf Dogs, yeah. Yeah, dogs. which perfect segue because next thing we're going to talk about is our uh, we we made a little mini road trip on Sunday. Me and Sheena took both kids. We took a four and six year old three hours up the road to go see Vengeance Day in Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, kind of just take the listeners through our uh, our, our road trip, Shane.
0: So oh, so it was a it's a whole fiasco. You know, we got the the goats and the chickens and everything. So even just leaving the house because we knew we weren't going to get back until like one in the morning. So. Um, I had to make sure that I had, you know, all the animals prepped and ready to go for the night. Uh, Go ahead and put the goats up a little bit prematurely than we normally do. Get the kids out, which is like basically wrangling more farm animals to get them out in the van with all the things and trinkets that they need. And, you know, amenities, their waters, their snacks and the whole the whole thing. Um, So, yeah, we took them three hours up the road, stopped and got some catfish, at a little local joint um, there in Clarksville. And it's so wild. So we were driving on these like back roads that are. Literally like old country two lane road. Pretty right? much
1: the last hour of the three hour trip, yeah. we passed like Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch, yeah. was like the one of tourist attraction. It was literally Let just you know like how rural, it yeah, was.
0: forest for as far as you could see, right. And then, I'm, Seth, we pull over at the little catfish house, which is where we had dinner. And uh, he's like, yeah, the stadium's like five minutes from it's here. It's still
1: the boonies, right? This restaurant, it's on the banks yeah. of the, the Cumberland River. I said,
0: how in the F is the stadium five minutes from here? Like, there's no way, dude. And so, you pull out of the catfish house, take a right, and go over this bridge. And it's like the whole city of Clarksville is just lit up, dude. <laughs> like, I was like, holy smokes, man. This city just came out of nowhere. But anyway, um, got in the arena. Got some snacks. Got set down, and dude, it was an awesome show. We had a lot of fun. It was Stella's first time going to a wrestling event. Um, obviously, you know she's four years old. So she's like, it's loud. The lights are in my eyes. But then, you know, once she got
1: used to it, she was good. Yeah, at once she once she, she got
0: used to it, she got she started cheering Enjoyed
1: and her, had it in her you know lion share worth of snacks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it it was a great time. And shout
1: you know. out to FNM Bank Arena, also there in Clarksville. If you're ever in the, you know, I know we got a lot of listeners in the. Tennessee, Kentucky area. If there's ever a show or something there you want to go to, awesome staff there. Like concessions were yeah. like smooth, no big lines, and we were in and out of the building. You know, you, sometimes you go to these shows and you, you show up, and it seems like the staff didn't know an event was happening that yeah. night, right? Like it's yeah. a pain in the ass getting in the building, and they all look grumpy. But no, it was. Really good experience all the way around, and I'm definitely. If there's any other big wrestling shows there, I'm definitely making the trip.
0: Yeah, it was it was awesome, and uh, we got free parking too, which was a was a huge bonus. They usually
1: tune your ass up on the parking at these things nowadays.
0: Yeah, everybody was friendly. Uh, We didn't get the ending that we wanted in the main event. Um,
1: Yeah, let's just let's talk about the actual show, man. Really, only one person we got to talk about. the The night belonged to Trick Williams.
0: Yeah, he had he had two matches. He started the night off with the uh, the finals of the Dusty Cup challenge they got beat by the wolf dogs uh braun breaker and baron corbin braun breaker was over like rover too like trick trick was definitely the man of the hour but braun breaker like held his own the a crowd- freak athlete man yeah. i
1: really i wonder like how his football career didn't go further you know you hear him talk uh he did a, a really really good interview with cheap heat about six months ago and talked really in depth about his football career seeing the type of athlete he is in person like i don't know how he didn't translate man dude is it Explosive, freak.
0: yeah, he's a freak of nature. Um, yeah, he looked, you know, because he looked awesome in the Rumble, and you know, this is our first time seeing Braun Breaker in right. person, and he just, dude, he has just got star power galore. So. I'm really excited to see you know where he where he ends up and uh you know WWE on the main roster but yeah so they the War Dogs won the uh, or the wolf well, War Dogs the Wolf Dogs won the the, the Dusty- War Dogs
1: was a team also so, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah you're
0: forgiven yeah um and the War Dogs remember wasn't that the team that we used to play in flag yeah, football they were, in yep, Hawaii they were
1: a flag football team also yeah,
0: yeah. um anyway uh Braun and Braun and Barron won the Dusty Cup Challenge Carmelo and Trick there was a little backstage segment they were like you know I. I I mean, obviously, we all knew we're like, this, this turn is coming, dude, because Carmelo was way too friendly. <laughs> he was just like, come on, dude, we're going to put this behind us. We're going to take this one on the chin. And I'm thinking, damn, dude, so Trick's going to win. And, uh, you know, Carmelo's going to freaking turn on him after the win. Then he didn't win. And I was like, well, damn, are we still going to get the turn? So
1: so, you know, truth be told, tickets have been on sale for a while. We made the call to go to Vengeance Day. About three weeks ago, and really, it was Trick Williams, man. He kind of sold us on the ticket. This this hot streak he's been on on NXT Weekly TV just felt like something we need to go see in and person. Right? You've been a proponent right?
0: for, tri- for Trick for a while. Yeah, right? we've
1: been hyping Trick for a while, but I feel like he's continued to level up, you know, week after week here recently to the point where I kind of said, you know what, I really think it's important that we catch this guy live while he's on the way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, She Did he live up to the hype for you? Because he definitely did for me.
0: Oh, 100%, man. The guy just looks like a freaking Greek statue. I mean, he's like, you know, built like a brick shit house. Just incredible, dude. And an incredible athlete, dude. For as big as he is, just, I don't know, dude. It I was- think
1: it's the, you're right. He the, the build, The he's got the the main event build, size, look, all that stuff dude, it's the ability to engender the sympathy from the fans, man. Like, his selling ability and stuff yeah. is is what I think has made him so beloved. He somehow looks like that, but is still – you know, you felt like he was the underdog yeah. against Ilya. Well, you know, he's six thing. inches taller, probably yeah. 30 pounds bigger than he Ilya. He was playing
0: defense against Ilya like the whole freaking match pretty yeah. much, dude. And w- but when he hooked up and had his moments, dude, the crowd was electric, dude. Like, it was – it the, was awesome. Yeah,
1: the, intri- the the whoop that trick that is not piped in. Those chants were thunderous, man. I, yeah. I went. We went back and watched it uh, for the first time on Peacock tonight to see if it, you know, if it translated on TV how it sounded in the building. And it definitely did. Like yeah. this, you know, before the show even went on the air, we had there was whoop that trick chants going on in the stands. So, you know, buy all the trick Williams stock that you can. This dude is the sky's the limit for him, man. Unless they unless they really fumble it, I see. Just incredible things for him on the main roster in the future. Same. Was there anybody else uh, on the throughout the show that kind of drew your eye? Maybe somebody that you weren't super uh, you know, excited about that you're keeping a closer eye on now after seeing him in person?
0: definitely Oba Femi, dude I think yeah. dude seeing him in person too you're just like wow this guy is absolutely incredible so just ginormous uh the people were behind Oba too there was there was huge Oba chants big Brock uh,
1: Lesnar vibes I got yeah. from him man yeah like big Brock Lesnar vibes you know just the athletic ability combined with the the Hulking size. He was awesome. I thought the other guy, uh, you know, the loser on that match, Dragon Lee, he's, that was pretty much his swan song mm-hmm. for NXT. I'd imagine. I thought he looked great too. That was my first time seeing Dragon Lee in person. I was really impressed.
0: Yeah. Uh, Roxanne Perez was really over in Clarksville too. Yeah. She people yeah,
1: loved Roxy. People Big Roxy, were, chant. Hey, yeah. we want some Roxy.
0: Hey, we want some Roxy. Yeah, they were, they were all for it. Um, other than that though, I, everything was pretty much what I predicted. Um, and, uh, Great show overall. Fun times. So the show, fun times were had by all.
1: Yeah, we had a blast. The uh, the show ends with uh, trick coming up just short, and then Carmelo does the dastardly heel turn. Like you know, we should have seen it come in the moment he came out in that black leather the jacket, jacket was with no telltale. shirt underneath. Man, I love that. That's basically like along with the NXT parking lot being the most dangerous place in professional wrestling. That's like <laughs> the new trope in NXT. You know, J.C. Jane had the black jacket on when, uh, when her and Gigi broke up, uh, Toxic Attraction, yeah. a few she months call, ago, man. Call
0: back to the barbershop. Yeah,
1: so, so yeah, Sean, I'm glad to see that living on, you know, Sean's legacy there in NXT. Um, we're coming up on Stand and Deliver. It's going to be WrestleMania weekend. You know, that's basically NXT's biggest show of the year how do you see the main event scene playing out? Do we see Ilya pair off with somebody else? Or do you think, uh, you know, Carmelo gets his hands back on the belt, maybe a triple threat situation. That, what do you, what's your, what's your thoughts for stand and deliver?
0: That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking somehow Melo uh, recaptures the title and then it somehow, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it's going to be mellow and, and trick at uh stand and deliver with trick trick, hopefully going over and having his, his big moment.
1: Yeah. I, I tend to agree. Um, NXT has got an awesome roster. They got a ton of really good people over in the mid card, but the, the tippy top of the main event scene is kind of thin right now. You feel like Braun is probably going to do this, this war Dog, this wolf dogs. You got me saying <laughs> no. No. this wolf dogs thing, uh, for a little bit and then move on to the, the main roster. He's already been on, you know, Ron Smackdown going back and forth with who he's going to sign with. Um, and I feel like you got to do Trick and think yeah. We got to get the one-on-one match, stand and deliver. And I think they end up throwing the belt because I don't. I can't really think of another viable contender for Ilya. Yeah. Um. And Trick and Mellow is going to be the main event no matter what, whether they they're for the belt or not. So, a lot of fun stuff. If in, NXT is going back on the road, that's another thing that uh, Ava Rain, you know, aka the Rock's daughter, uh, the the current commissioner of NXT. That's uh, she announced that on the show. Uh, if it comes to your area, go check it out, man. The, it, it was a rough go at first with the NXT 2.0, but they've got something really good going with that brand right now, and it's a ton of fun.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Ava Rain, do you want to get into the controversy of uh, all the things? Let's do of, it. We'll get uh, into uh,
1: Cody Gate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll set the scene, then I'll let you kind of discuss, Jean. So Friday night, Cody's making his decision shockingly tell you know he cuts the standard promo on Roman you think we're just paint by numbers to mm-hmm. announce you know Roman Cody part two then all of a sudden out of nowhere he bizarrely says he's not gonna face him at Mania and you know one of the legends he'd been taking counsel with knows Roman well and um and yeah that we you know yeah. we smelled what smell. the rock was cooking got the got the stare down and that was that uh that's what all we, we got was a yeah. stare down what were your thoughts on the execution of that initial moment
0: So, my knee-jerk was like, holy crap. Like, I can't believe that we're actually going to get The Rock and Roman. Because, let's be real. After all the fallout, obviously, like, you know, I feel... I'm I'm with the bandwagon of We Want Cody. But I cannot deny the fact that this is the match that, like, Roman Reigns' career has been leading up to this entire time. Was The Rock versus Roman. So we're getting this dream match but it's so it's so soured which is so unfortunate because i feel like if they had just waited another year that whether this was for the title or not it would have been one of the biggest things in wrestling. i guess it's the biggest thing in wrestling right now anyway but it would have been so much more well received than the way that they've pulled it off now and the and again with the fallout it's like Snip, snap, snip, snap, you know, to quote Michael Scott. Like, <laughs> I feel like everybody's like, it, it is a work. It's not a work. There, you know, no, he's not fighting Cody. He is fighting Cody. We didn't say he wasn't fighting Cody. He's going to fight Seth. And it's just, there's so many things in play and so many balls in the air right now that it just feels crazy. I did think, I don't know. I feel like Cody won the Rumble and I was kind of just pissed off at Cody. Like, dude, you fucking won the Rumble and you're going to come out here and sidestep to the fucking rock like
1: makes no sense it makes no face, sense i uh you know you said they need to wait a year i don't think that they needed to even wait a year why don't just have the rock come out at number 30 and win the rumble i feel like exactly. if the rock wins the rumble i feel like people would have accepted it it would have been you know that nice surprise legend return and i think you still would have had some of the you know the 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 cody maniacs uh, out there chirping but i don't think it'd be this movie i would think not- people would accept that we're getting rock and roman at mania this 100%.
0: year 100% and this and that is one of the main things that leads me to believe they're like oh well we've known that this match was going to take place since you know the rock signed on back you know first of january and i'm like no because like you know i know you don't try to apply logic to an illogical situation like wrestling but there's no way that it makes sense for cody rhodes to win the rumble if you're planning for rock and roman you would
1: have had punk win the rumble you would
0: yeah you would have had punk win the rumble exactly um yeah, this has just all been so freaking wild, dude. Again, we had this like clearly, like perfectly curated WrestleMania card in play. Just we were on the road to WrestleMania. Then freaking the Rumble happens. Punk gets hurt. Cody wins the Rumble. Cody, Brock pisses Brock, away his, yeah, his road to WrestleMania. Brock pisses away his road to WrestleMania. And then, yeah, it, it's just all been freaking mayhem since then.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, and the th- there's ways out of this right like whether we end up seeing a triple threat whether they pivot and have the rock be the special guest referee or if they just have roman wrestle twice russell rock and cody i think that could be the
0: announcement on thursday i think that could be what they're gonna say is that there's gonna be two matches
1: but the thing is there's no clean way out of it because cody went out of his way to say he's not doing it at wrestlemania so (sighs) i mean it Again, you could just men in black memory stick it right and have Cody just say he changes mind, and if if you don't never include it in any of the video montages, it'll just fade away and be just one of those storytelling quirks, which I can forgive. They're going live, you know, twice a week, fifty two weeks a year. Yeah, no reruns, no off seasons. So if you have one just stray out there, I can I can let it slide. But yeah, the, the crazy thing is, man, just to let you know what kind of streak WWE's been on this last two years, dude. Like they're coming out of this smelling like roses, man. One this has generated a ton of attention away from the Vince thing. I feel like I've heard almost nothing about the whole Vince scandal well, over yeah. the past week. Yeah. So, right, so there's that. And regardless of where they go from here, it's gotten more attention than it would have, even if, like we said, they would have went the clean way with Rockwin. And so I'm with yeah. you, man. I think they, you know, they use that crowd as a live focus group. I think, I don't think there's any way they expected that much blowback. I think Cody's just, I mean, I didn't expect that much no. dude. I I'm with you at the time when it happened, I was marking out like, yeah. okay, this is cool. But then afterwards I was like, why did Cody do that? Yeah. Even though I would, I'd rather see rock versus Roman than Roman versus Cody again. Um, just cause yeah, like you said, the I know I'll probably catch some heat for this dude. The thing people are really failing to comprehend, man. Yeah, Cody came up with the whole finish the story thing. This ain't Cody's story, dude. This is Roman's story, man. Yeah. This is all we're we're not in the second year of Cody's story. We're in the the 10th year <laughs> the, the, the 12th year yes. of Roman's story right now, man. And yeah, like Sheena mentioned, in so many different ways this match has been what his entire career has been building to, right? Roman and the Rock. You they've been fantasy booking this since 2012 when the Shield debuted uh back in WWE, you know, WWE at Survivor Series. Um So it's got to happen, man. So I'm—I really don't want to see a triple threat, man. I feel like that'll just be like, you know, muddy. Yeah, the the triple threat. That's that's you know that's a that's a over the close HJ, right? Like nobody's satisfied, (laughs) dude. Like it's just it's if Cody wins, it's not really like a true win because you know you needed the Rock to help you out. You there's some you, awesome
0: triple threat matches. No, there's out there. good triple
1: threat matches, but I feel like for this situation.
0: Yes, this um, situation. Yes, for this yeah, particular the, situation. You
1: know, you're not getting the Rock and Roman dream match. You're not getting the you're true Rock. Getting, I just feel like yeah. everybody, I feel like that's like the lose the lose compromise, man. Um,
0: we're looking for a win, win, yeah. win. Yeah,
1: Rock being special guest referee, that's that's fun. That's cool. I, I, I'm with you, though. I think the way to do it, Roman Rock night one, and then the winner fights Cody. And they could, I, I will accept whatever explanation they give to why Cody said yeah. that and had the change of heart, if that's what we get. Um, yeah, so that's my option A. Option B is Rock special guest ref. And then option C is the triple threat, man. I really don't want to see the triple threat.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping the triple threat doesn't happen either. Like you said, it, it ruins both of those of the awesome matches that we could have possibly had, dude. Just like I said, muddies them up. So
1: yeah, we've we've said it. You know, you guys heard it say plenty, man. Like, let's experiment with this two night WrestleMania format. What better way than having Roman yeah. main event both nights? He's earned it, dude. With this run he's on, like if anybody's ever going to do it, it's going to be Roman and. Yeah, I just think it'd be great, man. I still say another reason for all the people that say, you know, Cody's got to finish the story. Dude, he's losing this year, man. Roman's still leaving Mania with the belt. So that's well, another consi- reason I've to I've considered pivot.
0: that too. I thought, th- I, I considered that the, one of the reasons why they pivoted. My first was, they're doing this to try to just like create headlines to get the get the smoke away from the whole Vince Brock situation, right? And then I started to think-
1: Situation. Yeah,
0: sh- the situation. Uh, then I started to think- what you said, dude, it's just like, dude, they can't let they can't let uh, Roman go over Cody again because he's got to finish the story. So like they got it. But they also have to keep Roman going to erase Hulk from the books. You know what I mean? So,
1: you know, what would be a beautiful if they do the guest referee spot. Imagine Cody's right about to win it and the rock turns on Cody. No, oh my rock God goes heel. Put the family first. Then you could do rock versus Cody sometime. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I still think Roman wins, man. I think. He's too close to Hogan, dude. They can put him over. If they they if they put him over Hogan. I'll that's when I'll start to believe that he's gonna lose, man. But until then, I'm still picking Roman by hook or by crook, probably by crook, to leave WrestleMania with the belts. Once again. every
0: every day that goes by, I I I have that quote running through my mind: We didn't come this far just yeah. to come this far. Shout
1: out to the OG Fig Kid, yeah. man. And here's the thing: dude. Once they get past Hogan, man, freaking. Bruno's in sight, man. It's a long ways away, but there will be there'll there be more in the rear view than in the uh in, in the in front of him in the windshield at that point. You know, they're over halfway there. Yeah. Um
0: and they have another title, you know. Yeah, so they, they got they, another
1: title. Yeah. And they, they, the other thing is if you know, if he doesn't fight Rock if he fights Rock this year, he can fight Cody next year. That gets you a whole other year out of it. So I don't know. It's interesting. They've created and what normally would be an entirely skippable, you forget it's even happening thing, they've made this press conference, it's going down tomorrow, live on Peacock, absolute must see.
0: Yeah. It's it's um it's gonna be something 'cause like all the freaking news media outlets are already there. You know what I mean? Like I was I think it was Maskman, yeah. Man, they were like, Yeah, what better way than to like Super all, Bowl week. all of the freaking main media outlets are all
1: the there. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Are going to be in Vegas. And they're like, you know, now the WWE is going to make this major announcement. So it's going to be everywhere. So, the rock said, "I." the, the rock said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw a little clip of him, like, you know, getting off of his freaking private jet. And he said, uh, you know, this, uh, this is, this is going to be the most talked about press conference in WWE. Um, or it's going to be talked about forever. And he said, you know, signing off your long gamer. So he's really leaning into, to all of this, but um,
1: if you had to go ahead and make a prediction right now, what do we see? Are we seeing two Roman matches? Do they just do Roman and Cody with Rock as special guest? Are we getting the triple threat?
0: I I think we're gonna get Cody versus Roman Rock. Some sort of special referee.
1: I agree. I agree, Rock. Special guest referee. You know what's funny? Um, going back historically, a situ- it's almost like clockwork, dude. Like something with the planets aligning. A situation like this arises every 10 WrestleManias. So WrestleMania 10, that was the year that Bret Hart and Lex Luger tied in the Royal Rumble um you know if it would have happened three years later they probably just have a triple threat match uh in the main event but triple threats weren't really a thing in the wwf universe at that time so that's why they did the you know lex Mm -hmm. and yoko fought in the middle of the show and then the winner was fighting brett in the main event wrestlemania 20 uh chris benoit wins the royal rumble and before when he goes to sign the contract Shawn michaels sweet chin music cinnamon Signs the contract and, you know, signs his name on Chris Benoit's line, which in, you know, wrestling, that's totally legal. You (laughs) just sign the contract, you get it.
0: Yeah, no notary needed.
1: So we get a triple threat at WrestleMania 20 with uh, Triple H, Chris Benoit and HBK. WrestleMania 30, 30, Daniel Bryan, the Yes Movement, he wills his way into the main event and we get Randy Orton, Batista and Daniel Bryan. So every 10 years at Mania you get a triple threat situation.
0: Yeah. And I heard a lot of people um, saying that, you know, WWE was coming out saying they were trying to, um, you know, create another yes movement like manufacture a yes movement i don't believe that for one freaking second dude and also it's not the same thing yeah it's not the same thing cody didn't need it daniel bryan was not
1: daniel bryan wasn't in the royal rumble yes he wasn't yes
0: exactly he wasn't even in the freaking royal rumble dude and and daniel bryan was like this small underdog a great wrestler by any you know measure yes but that was organic fan just Takeover. Um, this is not the same. I don't. I don't. I just. I don't see the comparison.
1: But uh, you agree, we're going to be watching that press conference tomorrow. When otherwise, we probably would have forgot it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. So we'll see what happens. Either way, we definitely have some intrigue on the road to WrestleMania, which is always good. Um, all right, that's. Let's get into the beverage break. <laughs> All right, the beverage break is where we tell you guys what we're sipping on as we pod. I'll go first, keeping it very basic this week, going with the old classic, the unofficial official beer of the chick fil show, Miller Lite.
0: I am keeping it pretty much the same as last week. I am drinking a Simply Limeade. I'm doing the Cherry Limeade. Um, this, honestly, for a canned drink, cherry is really hard to pull off in a, in a kind of a fake artificial flavor situation. Um, it can be really medicine-y. Um, medicinal medicinal it
1: could be very medicinal we'll we'll bust out the the dictionary for him
0: (laughs) yeah it could be very medicinal um but this tastes like legit like a sonic cherry limeade so you you toss a maraschino on here dude you have yourself a boozy sonic drink so yeah
1: the uh the simply spiked limeades they haven't quite made their way into the krogers and walmarts of the world yet so you're gonna have to go to your local uh bottle shop or whatever to find them but they're definitely good man i think Mm -hmm. the Peach Aids, the peach ones didn't quite make the cut, but they I think they were good, the, but they're uh, just
0: they were a little too heavy on the sweetness. A little too sweet. A little too sweet. But the
1: uh yeah, the simply spiked lemonade, simply spiked limeade, those are some excellent beer alternatives to actually, uh, catch a buzz.
0: Yeah, I actually think I'm liking the limeades a skosh over the uh the lemonades. Okay, a little they're less a, sweet little A more little tart. Le- yeah, a little more tart, a little less sweet, exactly.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh let's get into figure four. All right, the figure four is where we bring you the latest in wrestling figure news and uh, talk about what we've added to our collection. So uh, I want to start off by reminding you guys that this podcast and this segment are brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles. Use code Chick Foley to save 10 percent on all your purchases there. The Valentine's Day sale is going down. You know, Ringside always puts on some badass sales. That's a great way to get caught up on some of the stuff you maybe have been putting off buying for the past couple months. Um, Additionally, AEW Unmatched Series 8 is in stock. So that's the uh, series that's got the uh, Dark Order in there. Um, really, really great set of figures. You got the Malachi Black and Street Gear, and then the first uh, Brody King and Buddy Matthews. So those figures are just absolutely stunning to go along with uh, your Malachis. And then the latest from Storm Collectibles, their El Desperado and the uh, the regular and the variant is also in stock. So check that up at rings. Check that out at Ringside Collectibles and um let us know what you buy so uh some quick figure news first off we had the surprise drop today from zombie our good friend zombie sailor uh with the cm punk retro so i don't know where this came from you gotta imagine that uh zombie slid in there in the the in-between time of uh you know that that little gap between when he was at you know, unemployed there mm-hmm. and got this out. So it's going to be dropping later on this summer. So two week live pre-order. Sheen, what do you think of the figure? I think it's pretty cool.
0: I think it looks awesome. You know, we're not the biggest CM Punk fans here on this show, but um, I think the tattoo detailing, the face scan, um, everything looks great.
1: Everything that he's put out has been outstanding. And it's also going to come up with a carded uh, Larry figure, you know, <laughs> CM Punk's dog that was made famous during the whole uh, brawl out shenanigans. All right, in other news, finally, not the rock coming back somewhere, the che- you know, this started off as a Cella figure, ended up moving over to Epic Toys UK when they took over for the uh, you know, the failed team there at Chella. This elite style Sabu figure, first that we've ever had, is finally coming out. I pre-ordered this thing in June of 2022,
0: Sheen. <laughs> My god. That- Think about
1: that. We're coming almost it, it's been clo- closer to 2 years, dude. Over a year and a half ago, man. Like, you know, <laughs> Stella was freaking two years old. Wow! When uh, when we pre-ordered this, man, it's finally gonna be here. Pretty good looking figure though. We've only seen moc. Nobody's actually had it in hand to get the feel. I the, the Dynamite Kid figure that uh that they dropped was the first in this uncensored line last year. I think there people were generally satisfied with it. I think satisfied is the word. I don't think people were like over the moon about it, but it was definitely a passable Dynamite Kid figure for the collection. This statue was pretty nice though, man. A lot mm-hmm. of unique tooling. I uh, got the, some of the scars on the arm and I'm really excited to have this thing in hand. So hopefully we get it by next week and we can give you guys a detailed review uh, from just seeing that final MOC production shot. What's your thoughts on the figure Sheen?
0: I think it looks good. I mean, the I don't know the fact that you ordered it so long ago, you feel like, you know, I, mean, I feel like it, Sabu it be, should be
1: bringing this to my house. Personally <laughs> yeah. It, it better be
0: Jimmy. amazing with the time that it took to create this thing. But um, yeah, I can't wait to get it and bust it out and talk about it next week on the show.
1: All right. And then a last piece of news this came out today. Very, very uh, fun release the the next micro brawler is going to be honest Abe Lincoln. So for those that don't know, Abraham Lincoln was an accomplished catch uh, is catch can grappler like a shoot wrestler back in his days coming up. Uh, you know, some reports have that he wrestled about 300 shoot matches as a as a young adult, uh, he Included some. You know, he won some championships with the, the volunteer military units when he was serving our, uh, our fine country. And we're getting a micro brawler of him, man. What do you think, Shane?
0: I mean, it's got to be the most unique micro brawler the three is out there, right? I and mean, he's wearing like the Andre the Giant, um, you know, one, one strap. strap singlet, um, got
1: the top hat,
0: <laughs> the top hat. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, I, I'm totally here for for this and like expanding in ways to bring us like unique action figures.
1: This I didn't really have time to deep dive on this, man. I as far as I know, I think Abraham Lincoln is like public domain. I don't think you have to have any rights to do anything business wise creative wise with abraham lincoln remember about like eight or nine years ago they had that abraham lincoln vampire hunter series of books and then the movie came out Mm, mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. so dude to me i think he's fair game for a legends figure man (laughs) give us an elite style abe dude you could give cloth you could have the cloth good suit and then uh you know he's got the wrestling gear underneath that'd be fucking awesome i think man
0: yeah i'm here for that
1: yeah what other you got any other presidents that you would want to get a figure of
0: want no but i think i mean i think it's we need a donald trump figure you gotta
1: have donald trump dude. <laughs> i mean it's so necessary love man. him love
0: him or hate him whatever your whatever your views are he was uh, a
1: fun part of the wrestling world for yeah. about a, a year and a half two year period dude and yeah like i mean that was probably the biggest match of that that wrestlemania that year man that wrestlemania i want to say 23 is it 22 or 23 i forget but uh but yeah, that was a huge draw for that WrestleMania. He's a WWE Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, he's in the Hall. Yeah, the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. So I
1: always, you know, I always love that story. It, they remember he and he's got wrestling history prior to that cuz he hosted WrestleMania 4 and WrestleMania 5 at uh at you know the trump plaza or whatever mm-hmm. they in atlantic city back-to-back wrestlemanias he was right there front row and then uh, again big part of that wrestlemania uh where he had uh you know bobby lashley going up against vince and umaga i always remember the story that steve austin told about that experience because steve austin was the guest referee of that match they were just throwing in all the uh the hijinks and shenanigans possible and the day of the show somebody had the idea that once all the dust clears from the match and everything settles that Austin should give Donald Trump the stunner. And as soon as it got brought up, it was either Trump's manager or his agent or somebody started making a fuss like, you know, no, 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 this wasn't in the contract, you know, no physical contact can't happen. And Trump waved the guy off and he looked at Vince and looked at Austin. He said, do you guys think this will make the show better? And they said, yeah. And he said, all right, let's do let's it. Do and he proceeded to take the worst stone cold stunner <laughs> in the the history of professional wrestling. Yeah. So. pretty pretty horrible yeah but yeah uh, dude i i can't imagine the 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 firestorm it would cause if they dropped it. I feel like it almost have to be like a Mattel creations thing, right? I don't even think you'd even put that on the shelves at retail just cause yeah. he's such a polarizing figure, but I think it would do massive numbers, man. I know, you know, uh, Tyra form- say what
0: you want. There's a lot of, there's a lot of magas out there, dude. Yeah. So like, dude, I think it'd be like the bad bunny where like people who don't even watch wrestling, like they would go get a Donald Trump action figure. You know what I mean? So
1: we already saw something similar on a much, a much smaller scale. So, you know, Tyrus, formerly known as Brodus Clay, he has somehow, uh, you know, worked his way into having a like a consultant role on Fox News on some of their shows. He'll come on and and speak and give his opinion and stuff. And while he was NWA champ, the the Major Bros they had him in their their Major Bendys line, and he sold through the roof, man. Like he was their biggest selling figure they ever had, and it was funny because, like you said, it was a lot of non figure fans mm-hmm. buying it, and so they said that they actually fielded. A lot of like you know confused angry emails when people didn't understand that like you know it's a pre order model so you're buying this oh, thing yeah. and it's not shipping for six weeks and you know it's just a lot of people who this is probably the first ever action figure they bought purchased. as an adult um trying to get this thing so yeah I, I think Trump would be a huge businessman maybe Mattel probably needs to have like a down quarter in the stocks before they they yeah, uh, they pull that out the but, you know it's definitely come up in conversation before um,
0: sure.
1: All right, so let's talk to you some figure reviews. So first off, some of the stuff we added to the collection this week, uh, picked up the OSFTM Sting MOC from Series 3. This is one that's got the the entrance jacket on, um, similar to that Galoob. And then we also, speaking of Major Pod, we finally took the plunge and are all in on the big rubber guys, man. We'd been on the fence about it. I know at some point I'm going to go back and, put together probably a rough LJN collection. I'm definitely not getting definitely not going to MOC just cuz you know, I'm not made of money and um probably not even going like for super minty just cuz it's yeah. just so cost prohibitive and You know, the LJNs I had, it's more more nostalgia based than anything. I'm not getting these things to resell them. And the LJNs I had as a a kid, they were beat up and played with. So as long as they're not, you know, straight up like dog toys, I'm cool with just adding like a roughed out LJN collection at some point. And these things. What
0: are your thoughts on repaints? Like, you know, like. I'm
1: cool with it, man. I'm totally cool with that. You know, we got Zorro Mendez, the LJN Whisperer. We've already been in contact with him to get that lined up because, you know, some of the. There may be some that. We end up getting a repaint treatment on. I, yeah. I have no no qualms with it, especially if you're never going to resell it and try to pass it off as authentic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the big rubber guys are great. What what do you think seeing those coming in in the mail this week, Shane? I
0: thought they were cool. I you know LJNs. I wasn't you know LJNs were before my time, but like every batch of wrestling figures you had, there was always a few LJNs thrown in somewhere, right? Um, but I I still love the LJNs like I just I mean they have no articulation but dude they're just iconic I just love the way they it's feel. really nice
1: sculpts too man
0: yeah and uh, especially for freaking the eighties I just you know go back I mean? to like, like like the
1: Greg the Hammer Valentine that one looks really really good the Iron Sheep looks really really good I mean there are some that don't look that much like the actual person but some of those sculpts were really mm-hmm. really great on the LJNs
0: yeah I'm here for it they're good. they take up a lot of space though that's a lot big, of real estate yeah.
1: yeah they're heavy I think that's one of the big reasons why. We've never seen... Before now, we've never really seen anybody nail it. There's been a few different... attempts to kind of revive it that's not yeah. figure, but it's never been exactly the same because yeah those were some hefty figures man mm-hmm. all right and the other thing we wanted to review we got it right here in front of sheena to get her live thoughts the latest mattel retro four pack shout out to mattel being the quickest in the game on the shipping like i feel like i had shipping notice on this about 20 minutes after we ordered it and uh made it in about two days later so this is a wrestlemania one I- inspired pack of retros we got hulk hogan in the tank top big john yeah. stud Wendy Richter, really the most historically significant one. This is the first Mattel or Hasbro female figure in the line, and Muhammad Ali is the ref. So, kind of just give us uh, your your thoughts on this set, Shane.
0: Yeah, the Wendy Richter is really cool, dude. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more women in the line. Um. But yeah, they got Hulk, Big John Stutt. The Muhammad Ali is cool, too. I don't know.
1: I don't know where Mattel got the demand signal that people were dying for these Muhammad Ali <laughs> ref figures, man. Like, yes. I get it, dude. Like, you know, he was the special guest enforcer at WrestleMania 1. I. I thought that the boxing figure they dropped last year at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con was really, really but, cool. Yeah. But I could do without the, you know... They're I, making
0: him in every form, dude.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. We had a basic that ended up getting canceled. Um, had the Ultimate Edition, and now this. Dude... I know I'm a hardcore fan, so I'm probably in the minority saying this. I would have ever had Pat Patterson in the ref suit. So Muhammad Ali was the outside enforcer, a la Mike Tyson at WrestleMania 14. Pat Patterson was the actual ref for the match at WrestleMania yeah. 1. Give me Pat in retro That's form in the call. ref shirt. I'd be all over that, man.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, Wendy Richter wins the set for me, um, but everything else looks great.
1: Very, very cool. All right. Uh, let's get to random merch of the week. All right, random merch of the week is where we scour the depths of eBay to find a uh, you know a, a hidden gem. Sometimes it's something expensive. Sometimes it's something cheap, but it's always something random. And this week, uh, I found something I've never seen float on here before. So this is from 1985. It's AFA certified authentic. This is a prototype for a Hulk Hogan head with rooted hair. For those that don't know, this is like the actual doll hair yeah
0: like doll hair
1: yeah. um so this was gonna go on i got it right here showing sheena this was the you remember it, they dropped it was it only ended up being two figures in the line but ljn made a 16 inch articulated mm-hmm. set of figures there was a hulk hogan roddy and Ray. a roddy piper yeah. and at some point in the development the Hulk. you know i assume both with but there's a prototype shown up for the Hulk figure with the rooted hair. And it could be yours for a price of uh, $5,700 right now. So with free shipping, though, on yeah. eBay. So we'll post the link to this in the show notes. Uh, Sheen, what's your thoughts on this specific item? It's definitely an oddity. Um, I don't know if I'd drop anything close to 5000 for it. But it would be a really cool piece if you were like a hardcore collector on the prototypes and the unreleased stuff.
0: Yeah, It's neat. It's a little bit creepy, obviously. You know, it's the prototype. It's unpainted face it's unpainted, makes it look that much creepy. Yeah. And it's just,
1: there's nothing else to it. It's just this disembodied yeah. it looks like a shrunken head from yes, like a voodoo. Yes, hundred
0: percent. There's no headband, there's no color. It's just like blonde rooted hair on this uh on this prototype head. But um I mean, would you have preferred the sculpted hair, or would you? Have preferred I like this, sculpted
1: like, hair, man. I don't. What, what are you? What's your take? Rooted hair some, has never really been a thing on. It's horrible.
0: Uh, as someone who grew up with like Barbie dolls and baby dolls and things like that. Um, it's the hair is just always a mess dude it always gets tangled It never really brush it you can't really brush it um it's just one more thing to get messed up so it never lays how you want it to lay um so yeah i'm i'm all for sculpted hair on figures
1: i think the only one it's ever really worked on is uh hasbro doink
0: doink's hair is pretty yeah doink's hair is pretty awesome but it's it's just totally different though i still feel
1: like mattel owes us an actual Doink Elite or Ultimate Edition with the rooted hair, man. Like just yeah. give it to us. You know, even their even their Doink retro, they dropped had molded hair, man. I feel like that's a cop out, dude. Like that's such a unique, iconic thing from the Hasbro line, the actual real hair on Doink.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: All right. So yeah, we'll put the link to this Hogan item in the show notes if you want to check it out yourself, unless somebody snaps it up in the next uh, you know, twelve hours between the time we record and this drops. Uh Sheen, do we got listener mail?
0: Oh yeah. All right. Our first question's from Adrian Gonzalez. We already talked about it, but I didn't want to say thank you to Adrian for sending the question in. He wanted to know if we we think Cody is going to face Roman at Mania, but we already touched on that. Uh, Martin... Mandela Morrow wants to know, have you heard of the Before the Bell podcast? I actually just looked it up and it's Martin Morrow's podcast. So make sure you tune in. I I had not heard of it until now, but do. We'll
1: throw the Apple, uh, Shane, send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes. So we'll encourage everybody to check it out. We will have it in the show notes of this podcast, if you guys want to check out. Yeah, before so the bell.
0: Add, add it to your wrestling, wrestling pod uh, rotation. It's called before the bell podcast. I didn't know we had another foley the pod. I know. So thank you, Martin, for letting us know. Uh, Zach Hertzler says, what are some WWE exclusive shows on Peacock WWE network that you enjoyed?
1: Uh, WWE 24. Those are pretty Ooh, much yeah. always great, man. The Finn and the Seth are two of the standouts. Mm-hmm. The WrestleMania episodes have been great. So that's my pick. I think most they do a good job of advertising those, and a lot of people know about those. So check out those. For a little bit more of a hidden gem, check out uh, Breaking Ground. So this was a 2015 produced. I think it ended up being 10 or 12 episodes, but it was basically a, uh, a documentary miniseries all about NXT, like the class at that time. So you got a lot of Jason Jordan, a lot of chad gable there's some revival in there some of those guys but yeah i think it was it was your call breaking ground or nxt breaking ground really yeah. really cool
0: um mine isn't nearly as like serious or like you know uh, award-winning but i uh, camp camp wwe <laughs> there were some laughs, <laughs> was, to be had was, was fun um and then what was, was it camp? it wasn't camp wwe what was the show where they they would use those same like cartoon characters story time story time yeah. um yeah, and didn't Edge and Christian have a show on. Yeah, uh, Edge and
1: Christian uh, show to the Totally Reeks of Awesomeness. Yes.
0: And then they had a punked version of uh WWE where it was like um What was they-
1: that called? I forget what it was called. Oh. But yeah, they had a punked one. There's a lot of shows, man. In yeah. the early the early network era, there was so much original content on there.
0: Yeah, it was great, dude. Again, RIP to the network because it's it's officially going away now with Netflix. So yeah, yeah the net the uh the network is gone um tony barker with wendy richter retro hitting the street she's become the first female retro other than the china and the ringside exclusive dx pack what other women would you like to see in the line and would a woman four pack be a viable option i think a woman four pack would be a viable option people who love retros i think they're gonna get whatever's put out there they're kind of like the same in the same vein of like micro brawler collectors right like they're gonna
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm skeptical if it could work. Like, there's there no way to say this without sounding sexist, but it's just facts, dude. A lot of female figures end up being peg warmers. It's just the case, man. There's just a smaller demand signal for that. I know our buddy Aaron Robert, you know, at uh, Lumberjillville, is probably you know punching the air right now hearing me say this, but it's just facts, man. Um, so I don't know if the whole four pack could work, but there's a ton of ladies I'd it, love to see.
0: Yeah, I don't think it could be like a shelf series where like they are retail series. So Mattel I think Creations
1: it would, maybe do a slower, smaller production run, a ringside yeah.
0: exclusive, or like a like you said, a Mattel Creations. Like we could do a four horse women pack or something like Ford that. Four
1: Horsemen would be cool. That, that would be nice, you know, aside from the fact that Sasha Banks is now signed to AW. True, but yeah. yeah, in theory that could work. Um, there was a Luna retro that dropped last year that was, it was fine, but the scale was kind of weird. I'd love to see Luna get redone. And I think Liz would be perfect, man, to yeah. go with the macho man. So, um, yeah, if I had to pick one, I think I'd probably go Miss Elizabeth for my most wanted.
0: Oh yeah, Miss Elizabeth would be a good one. Um, Chad Smith from the Turnbuckle Tavern. He says, Seth and Sheena, does your bedtime routine with kids allow y'all free time at night for yourselves? Me and Cassie have to wrangle Charlie, four years old, into bed to the point where the when the dust settles, we're ready to crash too. Bringing up bedtime, uh, or bringing up bedtime brings cries of, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I need to go to the bathroom. Any excuse to stay up? Give me some v- advice or at least something to let me know that I'm not alone in this struggle. Well, Chad, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone um bedtime has been one of those things i feel like for the most part seth and i are good parents loving caring. for the most
1: part i feel like we're great parents dude
0: we're great parents no i i guess i just mean we're not per- like nobody's uh, perfect yeah, you know, there's, yeah. No, there's no perfect parents out there i don't want to ever like put it out there where you're like coming from an elitist parenting i thought know like you're
1: selling us a little bit short yeah for the most part we're good parents that's i feel like that's a little soft
0: <laughs> you're you're right it does sound soft when you say it back like that we're great parents okay Bedtime has always been a struggle with both of our kids. Uh, Stella, when she was a baby, was a great, excellent sleeper. But once she was good for
1: like two and a half years, yeah. Once she hit like
0: true toddlerhood, um, it just was like you know chaos. I
1: think honestly, dude, I kind of blame Brett for that. I feel like if Stella was a so Brett, our son, he's six. Stella's four. About two. Brett's about a little less than two and a half years older than her. Brett was never a great sleeper, man. Always wanted to be with us. Uh, And we
0: we co-sleep with our kids. So that's, you know.
1: we'd, we'd We'd get on a few good streaks where we'd have like, you know, a couple months here, a couple months there where he was good at sleeping on his own bed, not fighting us on bedtime. But, for the most part, bedtime was a struggle his whole life. Like Sheena said, Stella was a sleep angel her first two and a half years. I really think it was just once she was old enough to see what you know, what older Bubby was up to, she just mimicked that behavior mm-hmm. and started following him, man. Cause she still goes down pretty easy if you get her to go to bed. Yeah. But she'll just fight you on bed. I feel like sometimes I feel like she's like faking it, going through the motions when she's like, I don't want to go to bed.
0: Yeah. Our kids have just now started to like, you know, not not fight bedtime, but just be like, oh man. Um, before they would go to bed but they would just lay there minutes later. They, that or they would just lay there awake. Yeah. So you would be laying down with them thinking like, okay, well, they're going to go to sleep any minute, dude. You've laid there for like an hour and then you just move and they're like, mom or dad or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> no, And wide awake,
1: not a hint wide, of like sleepiness in their voice.
0: Wide dude. awake, dude. Um, and we've tried different things. So I'll just say like, there are some people that are very, very regimented about their bedtimes and the routine and all of that. And I do think that that helps. I think if you are it's probably in a the situ-
1: best way to go, if you got the discipline and if, energy, for if you it, have but-
0: the discipline and the energy to like, you know, be like, this is what's happening. Like bedtime is every night at this time. Like we eat dinner at this certain time. However, it's it's just always been hard because like anytime you throw a kink in the chain, so say family comes and stays with you or you're you out of town practice, or you got to practice karate. or something. Yeah, things are just different nights are different. You can't be on that regimented routine and it throws everything into a tailspin. Um, so...
1: I'm kind of comfortable with it. This is probably just me rationalizing my like shortcomings as a dad, but I feel like I'm so like, you know, pegged out engaged in everything else. Cause I mean, dude, like we're with our kids nonstop, man. Like there's a, the percentage of available time we have to like be doing something, playing with them or whatever it's. And we take advantage. That's very, very high. It's very rare that like, we're sticking to just putting on a movie or doing whatever. Like we're constantly doing stuff with our kids for better or worse. Even You know, we're me and Sheena aren't always doing it with a smile on our face. Like happy to be sometimes <laughs> yeah. we're gritting our teeth and going outside to play football or play, you know, real life Minecraft, whatever. So don't think that we're like, you know,
0: yeah, this is so great.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we're doing it through gritted teeth and exhaustion. Um, But I kind of just, we're, like I said, we do a, such a, you know, a good job on that, that I kind of just give myself a pass on sometimes on bedtime just being like yeah screw it like we'll tell brett just go lay in our bed because it's dude it's what are you really fighting it for you know like at at one point that's kind of where we've been really for the last year or so we've stopped fighting it as much and kind of just gone with the flow the kids still seem to be getting plenty of sleep Mm -hmm. um they're still thriving in all aspects of life so i don't know i wouldn't stress it if you can get on a good routine and stick with it that's awesome but i wouldn't feel like you're like failing your kids i don't think you're doing permanent damage if you're having them sleep with you or whatever, man. I think we were, you know, it was causing more frustration and angst, like just having to fight with them every night. Yeah. Cause you don't want to be getting mad at your kids right before you know, the, they, you don't want the last thing you do with them every day, being getting mad at them about getting them into the bed, you know? Yeah.
0: And so something that's really worked for us is that, um, you know, we tell Brett, like you don't have to go to bed. Like you can go upstairs. You don't have to go to sleep. You know, you can play with your toys. You can listen to your little Yoto player, which is like an audio book player, right? Screen free audiobook player. Um, you can do that, you know, so you can have your own free time, right. To do whatever you want. But like, like this is mommy and daddy's time. Like we're down here, we're watching a show. We are, you know, um, just hanging out. (laughs) And so like, this is our time. You stay up there. You don't have to go to sleep. And I, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll stay up there for an hour or so. And then, you know, by that time I'm ready to go to bed anyway. So he'll come down and get in bed with us. But, um, you know, it does give us that time. So, yeah, we don't get. Yeah, I, I'm exhausted at the end of the day too. You know, but
1: it's just tough, man. It's when they're tough. when they're when they're little, they're at age now that they're old enough that we can be a little bit more loose, and it's not like doing any kind of crazy damage. When they're little, you know, I, I think you're kind of just coming out of that with her being four years old, man. When they're littler, it's more important to have that routine. And yeah, dude, you just. You really got to freaking! R- it's like you know in wrestling when you're getting ready for the big comeback. You really got to rally for bed and bath time at the end of the night.
0: Yeah, so you're not alone, Chad. Um, I'm sure other parents can can empathize with bedtime woes. I always try to make myself, you know, just remind myself that this is this is a phase. One day I will look back on this with rose colored glasses, and I will be so sad. Like one day my kids are going to go to their room and sleep by themselves all night. They're not even going to want to like talk to me at the end of the night. And so I'm going to try to just remind myself to savor this time in life and, uh, you know, really just soak it up even on the days that I'm just, like, just totally spent mentally, emotionally, physically, all the things. So, uh, you know.
1: Great question. Yeah.
0: Love that. We, lo- al- we
1: always appreciate the life-based questions. It's not, it can't be wrestling all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, again, you're not alone. Um, Brett Charles wanted to know, we kind of touched on it, whether the Brock Cody situation was a work. Um And then he also says you hit the nail on the head with, uh, with punk, the situation in the last pod. Uh, he thinks that he should just be like a a special attraction, like Brock taker or edge. Um, he said, how do you feel about the punk and drew feud that they set up? Do you uh, see this being one that, um, he said, I didn't see this being one. I'd be more excited for than Seth versus punk, but I'm here for it. What are your thoughts?
1: So Seth and punk's gotta be a mania match. There's so much history there. Good, good and bad. Uh, that I think, you know, assuming Punk comes back September, October timeframe, I think Drew and him a perfectly good feud to, uh, to hold him over until Mania season. Hopefully he can stay healthy and we get that Seth and Punk match next year at Mania.
0: Yeah, speaking of Punk, Brett says, um, recent reports have said that WWE apparently wants Punk on commentary while he's injured. I think it could be a good way to get bang for their buck on him while he's out on the shelf. Why do you think that they don't do this more often and what other wrestlers do you think would be good on commentary?
1: So I don't think they do it more often because they already have folks that they pay to do commentary. Yeah. So why have the wrestlers do it? You know? Yeah. I do think Punk would be great on commentary. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it every week. Maybe every once in a while, right? Like maybe once a month you bring him in to join the commentary team or, you know, just for certain matches on pay per view. I don't I don't want him to be like Samoa Joe where suddenly he's a commentator. Like let's keep him for now at this point. Let's keep him as a wrestler. Just every once in a while he can do some spot commentary duty. Um for other ones. I don't know. That's a good question. Who you got in mind, Shane?
0: That would be good on commentary. I don't know. Because commentary is such a specific... You know what I mean? Like, it's not...
1: I don't think they would be great in the traditional uh, WWE style. But I would pay money to hear it. And I think it would be hilarious if you, like, Gallows and Anderson uh, do commentary, man. Those guys are freaking hilarious. If you remember them from (laughs) Southpaw Regional Wrestling, like... I think they would do an outstanding job if you had some, you know, less serious segments. You, you could just let those guys cut loose on. So I'll go Gallows and Anderson for my picks.
0: All right. Johnny JB said, who would be your ideal four pack of retros? Doesn't matter, era or promotion.
1: I love Sea Heart Foundation, man. Give us Anvil, yep. Bulldog. You know, Pillman just signed a legend deal. Obviously, you can't do Owen. Give us all four and uh, you know make, make some make some easily swappable parts that we could we could you know work a custom Owen into the mix. But I think that would be great.
0: Which Kevin Eugene, which legends do you think are still to come in the legends line?
1: So headbanger's gotta be next up. Headbangers got a legends deal uh, last year. We haven't seen anything yet, so hopefully we see something at Mania. They have those iconic Jack's bone crunching figures that are great. Still hold up to this day. I think you could just get those, you know, rework those into elite form. So I think those and then obviously we saw today the big news was Brian Pillman signed his Legends deal. So get us some more Pillman's cranked out. You got anybody like on your wish list of legends you'd love to see get a figure, Shane?
0: Um, I don't know. I've said before I wanted a, a, a Luna figure. Luna'd
1: be great. Yeah. Just go with, uh, you could do it. You could do one to go with Bam Bam and then do one to go with a, uh, Uh, With gold dust. Mm
0: -hmm. Zach Herzler, he said, do we see uh, Trick Williams whoop that trick Carmelo Hayes during Stand and Deliver at uh, the weekend of Mania?
1: Yeah, we talked about that earlier on in the show. We did? Did we
0: talk about Stand and Deliver? Oh, might be. I guess the line made hitting harder than I thought. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Zach also says, are you team Yeet or team no Yeet?
1: Uh I'm team meet Jay, <laughs>
0: yeah. Jay who
1: says the man. Jay
0: Jay is the man. I'm I'm all about main event Jay. Sam Rosenthal. Ooh, who is Sheena's wrestler crush? We've heard plenty of eye goggles from Seth and Jordan. I love a young Bret Hart. I just think he is just just so just handsome and good looking, and I love the hair. Ah, uh, I just, I, I love, love, love young people. Like, Bret what Hart. year are you
1: talking? Are you talking like 86? Like, Chubby me Foundation? Not super, no, not like Bret Blue Hart. Heart, Heart Foundation. Like 91 Intercontinental title run, like 93 first world title run. Like, you gotta be specific. 90,
0: 90, I think 93. Okay. Uh, yeah, like a 93, just like, you know, like I said, kind of muscled up, matured a little bit, doesn't still have his baby fat. Talking anymore. about King of the
1: Ring Bret Hart. <laughs>
0: yes, King of the Ring Bret Hart. Love, uh, and th- like, just think like, um, like, all denim. Denim God. Uh, you know, I know that was a little later, but Denim God. Um, no, Denim God was ninety two. that.
1: That was, yeah, that was like 91, maybe even.
0: 91 yeah. or 92. Okay. That was
1: during the IC title days, yeah. Yeah,
0: so I think 91 to 93, Bret Hart was. Uh, really crazy
1: looking at it, man. Like, it blows my mind. You know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were the two big heartthrobs of the, you know, the, the the new generation, like the early mid-90s WWS scene. Like, how much better Brett has aged than HBK, especially <laughs> yeah. considering like dude had like a major stroke and cancer, man. Like it just goes to show you like what all the drugs can do to I you. I was man. gonna say, you dude, know, HBK a totally was difference. a hardcore yeah. pill popper, dude. Like I mean, Brett looks like old Brett, dude. Like you said, he's still handsome. Mm-hmm. He just looks, you know, I'm, a I'm weathered in love with and old, Brett. old. Yeah, I think old Whereas Brett. if Sean dude, if you just showed somebody that like hadn't watched wrestling since nineteen ninety eight the picture of Sean right now, they wouldn't recognize him, dude. No. You would not know that was Shawn Michaels. He looks like Trevor from Grand Theft Auto, dude. Like no. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, like, how the, just the, the different lifestyles and, you know, how it, how it comes out physically, man. Yeah. A lot of that could be genetics, too, man. Some people just age differently, um, but yeah, like Brett, Brett looks so much better. Old Brett looks so much better than old Sean.
0: Yeah, Sean. I mean, Sean was always uh, like, you know, really. He was a sexy boy. He was yeah, always he was a heartbreak kid. Yeah, was this whole gimmick. He dude. was always he was He's always good looking. Yeah, he he was a little bit too flamboyant for my uh, for my taste. I was more like, you know, just I like I like the low key cool of, of the, uh, you know, of Brett Hart. Yeah. Um, Brett Charles, what's your earliest memory of pro wrestling? Mine actually started started out with figures. I was gifted a huge Titantron live collection from a neighbor who grew out of them, and I got a stage ring and a bunch of figures. Rock and Stone Cold were my favorites, and that's what made me check out wrestling.
1: So for me, I'm sure it was on in the background or something before that, or you know, I had some figures I was playing around with. The the oldest, like most faint, like early memory I have of wrestling is watching a VHS from the night after WrestleMania five. So it was like, I think my, you know, cause my parents were low key wrestling fans. They weren't a new thing at the level I was, but I, I, I guess they had gotten the pay-per-view for WrestleMania five and taped it. And the next day, watched it. I remember I, I like in my mind, I had the funniest, the fuzziest memory of, uh, of seeing that Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho man, savage main event. I think I would have been about four and a half years old Wow, as, uh, as that match was, you know, when that happened, you know, March or April of 89, whenever it was. So that's my absolute earliest memory. Like the first show I remember like being in on, like, you know, I've, had been wa- seeing the stuff on superstars following the storylines was WrestleMania six the following year. So that kind of makes sense that Wrestle, you know, the tape yeah. WrestleMania five was my earliest kind of like absolute earliest memory. I can, you know, have some sort of recall on.
0: Yeah. WrestleMania six was definitely one of the earlier memories for me. My dad was a huge wrestling fan you know huge hulk hogan hulk hogan mark um he had like every wwf magazine so he had like back then little like magazine racks that you could like you know set your magazines up on your nightstand and he had like all the wwf magazines um and i used to look through those and i think that's my earliest um you know memories of your dad
1: i'd be willing to bet your dad didn't have the wwf magazines i'm pretty sure he probably had the after mags like pro wrestling illustrated (laughs) The wrestler stuff like that. Like Your dad strikes me as more of an After guy than the WWF Mag guy. I had no.
0: They were they were WWF mags. They were
1: the official WWF yeah. magazine.
0: Uh, now I'm gonna have to ask him. No, I don't I've think been...
1: so, dude. I'm pretty. I'm sure your dad. Like there, there were way more After mags. WWF magazine was one thing that came out once a month. Whereas yeah, After mags. You had Ringside. You had Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You had the Wrestler. Like there was always four or five of them on the newsstands at yeah. any given time. Um, and your dad's from the south, dude. The after mags were huge in the south. <laughs> like I'm with that, I have zero knowledge of it, and yet I'm extremely confident your dad was an after mag guy.
0: He may still have them. Yeah, I need to go check his. Uh, yeah, his, I had uh, milk storage. crates full,
1: man. I had yeah. milk crates because, like, my grandma would get them for me at yard sales and stuff. Like, I mean, I I know I had at least four or five big milk crates full. Uh, just a mix of WWF magazines all the after mags and like I would constantly go back and look at those things like I, I wish I would have got rid of them it'd be so much fun to go back and look at those I nowadays. know the
0: couple, of, the couple of old magazines that we've sourced you know randomly throughout the years Brett loves going and looking through those too he loves finding
1: like, the old video game the ads, old video dude. game those ads super and creative stuff. print ads that the video games would have he, he yeah. just eats those up
0: man. yeah it just goes to show you how good the marketing was even back then dude I mean it still it still captivates yeah. Brett in, in 2023 remember
1: how much you want to destroy all humans you was looking at that wcw magazine yes. from like it was like a it wasn't a wcw magazine it was a bret hart retrospective yeah. from like 2006 and there was an ad for the playstation 2 version of destroy all humans he and would he not was just let captivated. it go he
0: was like dude i need to play this game how do i get destroy all humans then they came out with he got destroy all humans yeah they, a,
1: they had, had a re-release on yeah, switch so,
0: yeah we got him the switch <laughs> bless, bless you this the switch version um Richard says, "Let's talk about this freaking tag match. It's going to be a banger on SmackDown Friday. DIY versus The Bruiserweight and Mustache Mountain, uh, big strong boy. They
1: need to just have it main event, man. Have it main event. I know it's it there's a these guys haven't fully captured the imaginations of the WWE main roster fans yet. I think they need to have it main event. Give them guys 20 minutes to go tear the house down. It could totally be match of the year, man." pete dunn tyler Bate, tomaso Ciampa, and johnny gargano you're talking four of the absolute best wrestlers in the entire world and i think all four of them will be as over as over gets by the end of it if you just let them go out and have a 2018 black and gold nxt style match
0: final question zach holster wants to know name a song on any of your playlists
1: uh i'll throw out justin turmeric's new single selfish i really been digging it i'm kind of uh i didn't really love his last album man of the woods it was uh, I wouldn't start it it straight up brick, but it was definitely a big letdown from uh, his usual stuff. But I really enjoyed his uh, his new single. Yeah, it was
0: good. I Justin Timberlake's received a lot of uh, you know negative press lately, so I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was a good way to come back out. All right, and that wraps up listener mail for today.
1: All right, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media.
0: You can find me on Instagram, <clears throat> at Chick Foley. Marco runs the Twitter machine, at Chick Foley Show. Join all the fun with all of our Foley fam over on Facebook at ChickFoley.com.
1: All right. And reminder, use code Foley to save 10% at ringside collectibles. Sheena, hit us with some closing thoughts, and we'll get out of here for this week.
0: Make sure you set your alarms for Thursday. It's going to be the biggest uh press conference ever in wwe
1: it'll be this evening as you listen to it it's wednesday oh, night right now facts so sheena just com- you know time's a flat circle for her what did, I dude, t-
0: so. what did i say at the beginning of the show i said i feel like i'm in like a time warp dude like everything like has been askew <laughs> since the freaking rumble
1: so as yeah if you are listening to this for right after release make sure you uh, don't forget to watch the press conference on peacock thanks guys <laughs>